Hello, I am Will Johansson, and this is Madison Dodger Online. This is our first of the podcast, The More You Know. We're in this podcast every week. We're going to be interviewing a teacher from your very own Madison High School. And we're going to try to get a little insight on who they are uh, outside of school. And for our first teacher, we have our very own Jeff Coviello, teacher of broadcast journalism, video production, TV production, all that sort of stuff. So welcome, Mr. Coviello. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. So we know you teach at Madison now, but everyone is dying to know, Mr. Coviello, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Morris County. I'm, I'm actually a Morris County guy. I grew up in Montville, so not too far away. Town, town kind of like Madison. Hmm. They both start with M. Correct. Yeah. How far away is Montville? Uh, probably about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. you got to hop on 287 North. Hmm. I don't know where that is. Really? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know where any of the highways are, actually. Oh. Well. But I do know how to drive. That's good. Yeah. You also know how to drive. I do. Funny story, actually. One time I was driving to school... And uh, I was making a left by that gas station. True. Yeah, and you had the yield sign. Yeah, and, and I you, didn't yield for you. No, you did. Yeah. After a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought we were going to hit each other. But we didn't. But we didn't. It'd be funny if we did. Yeah, but not really. My dad would have been angry. I mean, this conversation would have been more entertaining. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't hit each other. Correct. So Mr. Coviello grew up in Montville. Yep. So Mr. Coviello, tell me, did you grow up with any siblings? I did. I have uh, a brother and a sister. They're both, they are twins of each other, not with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're six years younger than I am. So hmm. we didn't go to school together, but we grew up in the same house. A brother and sister, you said? Correct. What are their names? My brother's name is Rudy. Rudy. And my sister's name is Annette. They are named after my grandparents. Oh. Very nice. Yeah. And if they were twins with you, then I guess you would all be triplets, right? Correct. Yeah. I like how you did that math very quickly. Yeah. That's well, I, w- I was thinking about it the whole time. Yeah. In like that 20 second span. You pulled it off. I did. Impressive. Yeah. Okay. I have siblings as well. You do? But this is an interview about you. No, but would you like to tell me their names? All right. Okay. So I have two older brothers. Great. One is Nick. Nick. The other's named Tom. Tom. And a younger sister. Yeah. And her name is Mary. Mary. Yeah. Fantastic. And there's eight years between all of us, collectively. And where do you fall? Two older brothers and a younger sister. So you're the middle. Uh... Yeah. Would you say you're forgotten because you're in the middle? No. Oh, okay. Enough about you. Yeah. <laughs> Get back to me. All right, yeah, let's talk about you. Terrific. So, I go to Madison High School. Mm-hmm. So do I, I imagine most kids listening to this. Okay. But where did you go to high school? I went to Montville High School. <laughs> yeah. You know, I should have expected <laughs> It's a big that extension one. from growing up in Montville, Well. All right. The journalistic so, integrity of this yeah. interview is strong. <laughs> Tell me about Montville High School. How... how how would you compare it to Madison High School? Uh, it was it was pretty similar. It, it's a the socioeconomic breakdown of the town is is pretty much exactly what it is here in Madison. So uh, I grew up um, in one area of the town that's actually in Montville. Montville Township is three specific towns: it's Montville, Pinebrook, and Tawaco. Mm-hmm. So each segment of the township has its own little bit of personality. Mm-hmm. And how big was the high school? I'd say it's probably sim- – when I was there, it was probably similar to here. There was probably about 1,000 kids, maybe give or take 100 or so. Um, but just an, a, just small enough that, you know, similar like here, everybody's involved in a number of things. Mm. You know, the, the activities overlap, the sports overlap, that type of stuff. Very interesting. Did you enjoy your time at Montville? I did. 
I did. I'm not one of those um, old people that says that they wouldn't go back to to high school. So, did you play any sports at Montreal? I did. I grew up. I grew up playing uh, all sorts of sports. So I played. I played soccer all growing up. I played basketball all growing up. Uh, I played football for a couple of years and then got hurt. Uh, but primarily, primarily basketball. I got hit in the back. So the doctor uh-huh. said, said you have one back, so you can keep playing football, or you can uh, hmm. have a back. So, I have one back as well. Kurt, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Were you great. hit by your own teammate, or? I don't know. It was probably just a series. I was an offensive lineman, so I got hit every every play. Uh, yeah, that tends to happen when you play football. Yeah. <laughs> but I only played football for a couple of years, just just enough to get hurt enough to stop playing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you stopped playing. Yeah. Because other, if you got hurt seriously, then you wouldn't have been our teacher. That's true. Yes. I mean, You're, really seriously. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good answer. Thanks. So after high school, I presume you went to college? That's correct. Where, where did you go to college? So I, right out of high school, I actually went to Drew. I went to Drew for uh, one semester and didn't have a very good experience. And so I transferred out to Seton Hall and I ended up commuting. So I, when I was at Drew, I lived there for the semester and then transferred out uh, in January of my freshman year over to Seton Hall. Hmm. And you commuted to Seton Hall, you I said? I did, yeah. So were Rudy and Annette glad to see you every day? Uh, well, they only saw me every day for about six months, and then I moved out. So oh. I was—I actually lived in Booton uh, with a couple of friends for the for the majority of college. Tell me about that. Uh, well, there were three of us in a three-bedroom apartment in Booton, and we were all working full time. And two of us were going to school part time. Very interesting. Yeah. Was it a nice place in Booton? No. 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 It was exactly what you would expect a. 20 through 23, 20, 22 year old. Purposely could, not a nice place. Could afford. That wasn't purposefully, it's just that's what we could afford at the time. You know, we were all working restaurant jobs uh, mm-hmm. full time and then going to school part time. So it was, it was whatever we could afford. So would you consider college your passion when you were there? No, no. <laughs> no, college was definitely uh, the means to the end. College was uh, that I knew I didn't want to work in the restaurant forever and mm-hmm. I was studying television, film, and, and media and things like that. I knew I always had a passion for that. Um, teaching was not necessarily on my radar at the time. I was I was going to try to uh, work in industry, and then after college, I quickly realized that really wasn't what I wanted to spend my time doing. So, did you ma- what did you major in? Something similar? Yeah, my major was communication. So I was a, I was a, with a concentration in television and film. <laughs> Very interesting. All right. Hmm. We can cut this part out. What the, the part where you stall because you don't know what to ask next. Yeah. All right, Mr. Coviello. So now we know where you grew up. We know about your siblings, how you went to high school, college. But what I'm really curious about is what do you do in your free time? Currently. Yes. Uh, I don't have a tremendous amount of free time because I do have some, two small kids. Oh. Um, my daughter, Georgie, is three, and my son, John, just turned one. Uh, so a lot of our free time between my wife and I is spent attempting to clean up whatever mess that the kids have just made. Hmm. Um, but her and I, uh, prior to having kids, we, we were making the attempt uh, throughout our life, and so we're still not finished, of trying to run a race in every state in the country. And so um, we got about 17 or 18 down before we had kids, and then we've taken a little bit of a break as far as traveling and running uh, because the kids are, are a little bit too small. Um, but that's that's one of the things that we try to spend our time doing is to get outside as often as possible. And I live at the beach, mm. so a lot of my free time is spent outside. And when you say run a race in every state, what do you qualify as a race? That's an interesting question. So you talked about where did I grow up, right? And I told yeah. you I grew up in Montreal. So one of my friends 
uh, owns a chiropractic practice in North Carolina. And so when we were in North Carolina, my wife's a big Duke fan, and I took her down there for as a Christmas present one year to go see a Duke game. And we went and saw our, our friend who was in North Carolina, and we were on our way to a different part of the state to run a race there. Mm-hmm. And they told us, don't don't go there. It's a, it's a lame part of the state. We'll, we'll <laughs> set up a race for you here tomorrow. And so we went to some random park near their house in North Carolina, and they played the national anthem on a phone. <laughs> and they met us at the one-mile mark around the, the park with water. And they had a finish line for us, and we were we finished one and two in our age group and in within our uh, our gender. Nice. Uh, and it's a cool story. It's a fun story. So yeah. it's really more it's more about like oh you went and visited this area and you have a fun story to tell. So we try to make it anywhere from you know a five k on up. Mm-hmm. And I believe you were recently in Florida, right? I was. And I were was. you running a marathon there? I was. My wife and I we just finished the Disney marathon. Tell me more about that. It was miserable. <laughs> Why? Too it was hot? it was too hot. It was too hot. Um, it, it was about one or two degrees away from an all time high in January for Orlando. Hmm. Uh, the race started at five thirty in the morning, and it was already eighty two degrees with ninety six percent humidity. So it was. Oh, that does not sound like fun. It was a difficult trek, yeah. but we finished. We both finished. They actually cut. They, thank you. They cut the course short uh, at a certain point, but my wife and I had already passed the point when they did that. So oh. we had the pleasure of running all twenty six point two miles. <laughs> did anyone run that race in costumes? Or were you greeted by people in costumes? A lot of people wore costumes. My wife and I wore, um, she ran for uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, so she, their colors are purple. And so, and I ran for American Cancer Society. We both raised money for charity to, to run the race. Uh, so my colors were blue. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we got, we both had yellow visors. And uh, my wife, being more, much more artistically creative than I did, she put Donald's face on my visor and Daisy's face on hers. And quickly those things fell off. But... That was what we had started the race as. People get crazy, though. They, they were running in all sorts of costumes that were very hot. The most elaborate one I saw was a guy uh, running as the chef from Ratatouille, and he actually had <laughs> he had a puppet of Remy on his hand that he was turning around and speaking to everybody, which was That's funny. difficult in 80-something degree weather. I can imagine. Fun to see, nonetheless. Yeah. And when you mentioned your yellow visor and Donald, yeah, I thought you were talking about Donald Trump at first. No, uh, no. Although that would be, a lot of people would say that would be the best costume. To run a marathon as Donald Trump. Yeah, like the, the best costume. Well, you'd have to wear a wig, wouldn't you? A yellow wig? Probably. That maybe, might be, maybe some, like that spread might be some a little uncomfortable in 82-degree weather. It's all uncomfortable in 82-degree weather. Yeah. Especially the, the Cheeto dust I'd have to spray on my skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so what state do you plan on running in next? We don't have any plans right now for a different state. Um, the kids are little, so we end up back in Orlando pretty often, but we don't have any plans to to go run in a different state. The next race we have on the calendar is uh, in May. It's the half, a half marathon in Atlantic City. Very nice. So you said your children are Georgie and yes, John? and John. So what do you like to do with them when you're not cleaning up their messes? Uh, well, they both like to be outside a lot. So my daughter right now, she's big into going to the beach. Uh, she's big into going to the... We have a number of parks near me, so she likes those types of things. My son is running around now he's he walked pretty early so he's he's all about uh getting out and being active that type of stuff so again pretty much we kind of subscribe to whatever we're going to do the kids are young enough that we kind of have them tag along with us so we're fortunate that we can enjoy the things that we want to enjoy and they can kind of be there for it Mm -hmm. we're not quite at the age where they're in sports or anything like that where we kind of have to frame our whole weekend around what they have going on it's Still a little bit about what we want to do. We just have to kind of be home a little bit earlier to put them to bed. That type of thing. Mm. 
Do either of them know how to ride a bike yet? My daughter has um, like a training bike that has no no pedals. I don't, no know pedals. If I don't know if you've seen it. It's a balance bike. I don't know. So it's like a, I, I don't know. If, how does that work? Well, do you have to ride it downhill? <clears throat> no. So it's essentially you run as if you were running on your two feet, holding onto the handlebars, and at a certain point, you push off and pick your feet up and glide. So oh. it's, I guess it's the theory of it is that it teaches you balance in a way that a bike with training wheels doesn't. So it's supposed to be able to have you transition off of the trainer bike onto a normal bike faster than what you would transition off of one with training wheels. Hmm. So we'll see. Hopefully, we're hoping that maybe this summer she'll be able to to kind of jump onto a bike because a lot of the way we get around town. That would be town, exciting. Well, a lot of the way we get around town is on a bike. Oh, yeah, especially around the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was very late in age. Like like 16? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about that. I also didn't learn how to talk until I was five. Really? Yeah. Well, you're very eloquent. Thank you. You're welcome. That was also... <laughs> I'm not serious about that. <laughs> no. not, really? I'm yeah, shocked. I was yeah. seven, actually. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jacoviello. I'm sure we all have... I know I do, and I'm sure all my friends, and everyone in high school always has their favorite teacher or memorable experiences with certain teachers that I feel like they will take with them forever. So do you have any... Uh, experiences like that that you can share with us today? Yeah, so probably one of my, the closest teachers that I had was uh, a woman that taught English in my high school, but she was also uh, a speech and debate coach, and so she trained me to teach and uh, to speak rather in public, and that really kind of made the, the transition for me away from what your traditional teenage boy is focused on, whereas usually is sports and girls, mm -hmm. into thinking about what my talents were and what I could actually use them for to potentially make a living. Mm. And so being able to recognize that I was able to speak in an extemporaneous fashion without really much struggle, um, she helped me craft that and turn it into something that I could use to speak in a number of different forums. And it really changed my mind as far as what I thought was important for me to study, it led me down that communication track, uh, into TV film, developed, you know, my writer's voice, that type of thing, which is really what, you know, turned me into the creative person that I am when I'm not in front of the classroom. And would you say, would you say she inspired you to become a teacher as well? Probably not. I don't know that anybody necessarily inspired me to be a teacher. My wife's a teacher. It's one of those things where, you know, I grew up and everybody told me for my whole life, you should be a teacher, you should be a teacher. And you don't really know why until, I guess, you look back at it and you see that you always spent time helping other people come to an understanding of different concepts that may become a little bit easier to you. Um, I did have, like I said, younger siblings that were six years younger than me, so I had, like, not quite a parent role, mm -hmm. but a little bit older of a sibling role, so I, I was kind of the intermediary there, so teaching them a lot of stuff. So it's the type of thing where I found myself in teaching roles throughout my life. Mm -hmm. But when people told me to be a teacher, I didn't really want to do it because I wanted to make more money or follow a specific passion. And then when I got out of college and started to freelance or, or try to get some industry jobs, I realized that the quality of life that it would have provided to be working in industry was not in line with what my priorities were. So I'd just gotten married. Uh, I'd just bought a house and I was never home. Mm -hmm. My wife was teaching. I really looked more at her and said, well, that's the quality of life that, that I want to live, so I have to forego the fact that I won't make the kind of money that I really want to and figure out how to make the best of the situation financially in order to have a more rewarding career to come home at the end of the day and feel like you've accomplished something to help right. make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. So when you made that decision that you would want to become a teacher, was uh, TV and 
journalism your go-to, or did you have any? <laughs> no, other? no, actually, I, I was working. I, I left New York where I was working, um, and I came to to be a substitute teacher in my wife's school district. She was in Parsippany, so I was working in that district. And then I was a, a one-to-one aide with a with a special needs student. And they had a television studio in the district mm -hmm. that was a shared property between the school district and the town. And at the time, the guy that was running it wasn't doing a very good job. Mm -hmm. And so they had removed him from the position because he did something that was pretty negligent or failed to record something in the way that they needed him to. And the rumor had gotten around that that was what my background was. And so the superintendent saw my resume. And in the middle of the day, I was called down to the the Board of Education office to have a conversation with the superintendent and the personnel director about yeah. this position. And I was removed from the position I was in and they asked me to fill in and do this. And so I went from being a one-to-one -one aide yeah. with, a, with a special needs student to now suddenly running this municipal and, and school district television studio. That's a was, big jump. Well, it was, we were, at the time they were producing you know, probably about 50, 50 actual programs a year. Wow. Um, so it was something totally different. Mm -hmm. And then we transformed that that studio into a digital studio because they were still running on tape at the time they were woefully behind uh, we brought them into the internet age and put it on into digital we had produced about 120 shows a year and at the time the superintendent said have you ever thought about teaching i said well i was going to teach english that's why i was mm -hmm. in the school system he said well, what do you think about creating a, a television program and that was it you so, haven't looked back so, since so he gave me the opportunity to you know dr lee sites that was the name he gave me the opportunity to write the program for what I did over in Parsippany, created from scratch. We had multiple levels there. And then when the opportunity came to move on from the district, it was it was time. Both my wife and I had moved on for various reasons at that at the time. Madison came calling and, and the opportunity here was basically similar to kind of create whatever right. you think is the appropriate track and have a look back since. Very nice. All right, Jeff. So you say that you oh well obviously we know that you teach at Madison now. That's true, yes. But you live in Belmore at the beach. I do. So how long of a commute is that for you every day? Uh, well, the morning, I, I leave my house a little before 6, and I tend to get here around 7, um, mm -hmm. give or take, depending upon if there's an accident or something like that. But typically, it's about an hour in the morning. And in the afternoons, uh, I coach soccer in the fall. Um, so I'm not out of here usually till after 6 o'clock, and that can be anywhere from an hour and a half, mm -hmm. an hour to an hour and a half. But on a normal day, if I leave here, a little after three o'clock, it's hit or miss. Sometimes it's an easy ride, and sometimes it's right. not so easy. But yeah, pretty much regardless, it's a long work day for you and a long commute as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's at least two hours in the mm -hmm. car each day. And you could shorten that by working elsewhere. But what keeps you working at Madison? What? Why are you so tied to this school and our wonderful students? Besides you, of course. Besides me, right. yes. Uh, and and learning that you learn to speak at seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think. I think the opportunities that Madison provide have provided me uh, are are unique. Mm -hmm. So I, I I probably could go and find a job that's closer to home doing what I'm doing, but I don't think I would have the autonomy to create the programs that I've created. Mm -hmm. um, and there's very little meddling in what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, broadcast journalism is is new this year. It was a marriage of journalism and television production. It's going excellently so far. Well, it's 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 a building block, mm. right? And and it's kind of what I said to to you and your classmates when we started is that this is this is the first time we're doing it. And so there's there's some excitement there. If I was to go somewhere where somebody else had laid out a whole scope and sequence, then I I have to kind of play by somebody else's rules, and 
I'm not so good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the opportunity to kind of create something and see what personalities we're dealing with. Having the opportunity to work with you guys specifically in this course is exciting. It's part of the reason why I certainly wasn't going to look to leave and go anywhere else. Right. Um, I got tenured this year, which is less important to me than most people. I, I left tenure before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have two kids. It's a very good, steady job in a really good town. Um, fortunate enough to be the only one that works in my house right now because of the opportunities that Madison provides. So there's a lot of stability that comes with what it is. And the unfortunate part is it's, it's a long commute. But when I worked in New York, it was a long commute too. And so I just kind of chalk it up to just the nature of doing business. And you'd say it's worth it? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the things that it affords me and my family make, make it worth it. And then the opportunity to work with with students that have gone on to do a, a number of things that involve the discipline that I've taught them or that don't involve it, but then they end up using it in a, in a unique way, makes all of it worth it. Mm-hmm. Plus I get to, you know, it's the reason I left industry and the reason that I left New York was that at the end of the day, I was more concerned with, yes, there'll be stress in every other job, but when you're finished at the day, if you're stressful and you realize you're trying to make a difference in the lives of some other people, that, that's more important. Right. So it's good stress. Of course. Well, I know I think I speak for everyone when I say we're definitely glad to have you as a teacher. I think that's all we have time for this week. So thank you, Mr. Coviello. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Uh, make sure to tune in next week to The More You Know when we'll have a different teacher and we will have more exciting answers. So tune in next week. Goodbye. <laughs>